Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. Today I get to kick off a new series. And uh, we have entitled this new series, Forever Young. That was, that was had a diminishing effect, I'll be honest. I was, I was expecting a little more to that. Um, maybe you guys don't need this series or at all. That's, maybe, maybe you'll be good. We'll see. But our scripture, our series scripture, uh, so if you're looking for an option, a, a Bible reading option, this would be a great option for you. To, to stay in, which for some of you will be a unique experience uh, because you're all about reading uh, two chapters a day, one in the old, one in the new, and a psalm and a proverb. Um, and, but but this, this, this might be a new challenge for you to stay in just, just three, three verses of Scripture for five weeks. Just three verses for five weeks and see how God continues to speak to you. So we're going we're gonna to be camping in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through to 15. 13 through to 15. And it says this in the New Living Translation. It says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. There are some words in that that you cannot circumnavigate. Okay? It's like when you see the word all in Scripture. It's really quite a blanketing statement. There's not really anything that sits outside of all. It's kind of all. So your situation that you think, oh, God can do that for them, but not my situation, that doesn't apply if God says all. Because it's all. So when God says full, it means full. When God says complete, it means complete. There's not a little component that for some reason is not applicable to your life because somehow you have decided and you have, um, you have told yourself that, well, this isn't for me. And for whatever reason, you have disqualified yourselves from this promise in Scripture or this, this I'm going to I'm going to to back off the word command, but this very strong encouragement in Scripture. It says, then, once that's happened, once that's, and if you want the context for this Scripture, the context, actually, verse 12 says, it's talking about the responsibility of pastors, which is great. If if you're wondering, what what should pastors actually do? You can read that. You can let me know. That would be great. Um, But it talks about how our responsibility is to equip, equip you for the work of the ministry. To equip you to go and fulfill the purpose that God has on your life. It's to equip you to have a job in the kingdom of God. We're not the only ones with a job in the kingdom of God. It was very loud from the front row, very quiet everywhere else. It says once we do that, what will continue, that's going to continue. We're going to continue equipping you until all of us reach unity and knowledge to the point of full and complete maturity of Christ in us. Then, when that occurs, we'll no longer be immature. Like when you're mature, you're not immature. That's very good, Paul. Thank you. We won't be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Wow, so we won't, our faith in God won't be shocked because someone put something on Instagram that disagreed with our doctrine or our theology. 
The foundations of our faith won't be shaken because we go through a season in our life that doesn't align with the promise of God. We won't give up on our belief systems when there is a season that is painful because somehow we have had an immature childlike belief system constructed where everything in the kingdom of God is good and easy. No, we won't be blown about. We'll be strong. We'll be steadfast. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Oh, ooh, I could preach for so long on the lies that are presented as truth in the social media space. Now, I'm, I'm not assuming that every member in our congregation lives on Instagram like I do, or Facebook, or TikTok, or whatever. But please... Do not construct your belief system off of those spaces. Please get into a space where you can bounce your questions off other believers that you have relationship with and that you trust and that are still planted in the house of God who still love Jesus, who aren't walking with a fence, who aren't trying to label their lifestyle choices that the Scriptures are clear about as something that God is for when He is clearly not. Lies that sound like truth. You know, it's, it's really difficult when we don't read truth to know truth. Because the enemy, since the Garden of Eden, has been fantastic at masquerading as an angel. He has been fantastic at orchestrating his suggestions to sound like scriptural quotes. He is an absolute master at presenting lies as truth. And do you know what we do? Do you know what we do when we're in a state of immaturity? When we're in a state of immaturity in our walk with God, when we haven't spent time investing in, in stability, what happens is we buy into it. We buy into it because it sounds like truth. It sounds exactly like truth. Like we don't, we don't have to read Scripture for too long to find Jesus being tempted by, by the enemy who quotes Scripture. The only issue is he, he quotes it out of context. So when you're, on, when you're online and you're like reading this little Instagram post by this person who's got thousands of followers and you're like, oh, well, well, he must know what he's talking about then. And he's using scripture to justify something. Or he's using scripture to direct a certain, a certain, certain belief system or drive a deconstruction mindset in your world. It's, if, 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 you are, if you are believing something that is causing you to deconstruct your faith rather than build it on the person of Jesus then can I tell you to unfollow that person and stop building your life on the sand? I'll get back to the word. Instead, instead of being tricked, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. I'm going to just briefly pray, if that's all right, because this is going to be a super lighthearted, fun, encouraging message. Father, 
Thank you that you're, you're our Father in heaven. And we love you. But actually, even more so, you love us. And because you love us, you want us to grow up and be strong and to build our life on your principles. So Lord, I pray today that you would do what you need to in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. God, we all have areas in our thinking, in our beliefs that need adjusting by you. I thank you, Father, when you do that, it is gentle and it is done in love. And I think of your word that says, your staff and your rod are a comfort to me. Because that, yeah, amen, amen. Awesome. So uh, on the weekend, on Friday, I, uh, I ran uh, a running event. It was very exciting for me. Uh, it's probably not exciting at all for many of you, which is fine. Um, and I, I ran something called UTA, which is Ultra Trail Australia. And I, I ran um, just, the, just the 22K, which was shortened to 18K. So um, it's not for me, you know, it was, it was a journey of training and something that I want to do for a long time. And for any of you who, who sort of are into a world uh, where, of, of exercise, there is, there is something obsessive, if I can put it like that, my wife would agree, with metrics, right? Like I don't have just one app that tracks my running metrics. I have multiple apps that track my running metrics. And I spend copious amounts of time on all three of those comparing the metrics and assessing whether or not I am, I am improving, uh, adjusting things, um, talking to my fellow runners about them. Uh, I know, Ben, I know you relate to this, right? You're like on Strava and we're looking at, are we progressing, you know? Uh, what, what, how did I go in that segment? Did I get a PR in that segment? Um, Anyway, so I, the, thing with, the thing with metrics that we love is they're quantifiable change, right? Uh, I was going to put some of my graphs up, but then I was like, oh, they're a little embarrassing. I'm not actually going to put them up. But, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're quantifiable change. Like if I'm running consistently over a period of time, I can actually see, I can measure my improvement. And I love that. There's something about the numbers that are, that are oriented within that that just resonates with me. Right? And I'm like, I can, I can see my improvement. I can track my improvement. Um, and I love it. And, and I think um, my wife would encourage me to be on there less. But the thing is that it works in that space. It works in that space. In the space where metrics and quantifiable data work, they are amazing. When we try to translate them into a space where they're not supposed to be, they become damaging and restrictive. So as a runner, metrics matter because I'm trying to run a pace, I'm trying to run a time, I'm trying to run a distance, all of which are based on numbers and measurable quantities. So I should, I should be focusing on measurable, quantifiable metrics, right? Like if I wasn't, that would be weird. If I'm just running by how I feel, that's not going to go well for me, okay? However, being a disciple is one of the spaces where quantifiable metrics can actually be really detrimental. Because what occurs for all of us at times is that we are looking for measurable improvement. If we have crossed the line, if we've crossed the line from where Jesus is Savior, which is really like an entry level, right? Where it's like we're just pumped on the fact that we're saved and going to heaven. And then there is a moment where we're challenged with, with is he also Lord? Right? Is he also Lord? And there is a moment where we, we cross that threshold of, 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 of okay, well, 
you, you gave me my life, that's salvation, and now I'm going to lay that down under your lordship. And they are two kind of distinct moments. Sometimes they're very close together, but often they're not, and that's okay as long as you know where you are and, and you are moving towards the second one because the second one is the moment where I believe true discipleship begins to happen because you have allowed, you have, you have laid down and therefore allowed the Lord to transform you. Once you while you're still holding your life and your beliefs and your thoughts and, and, and all of this, well, then there's not much transformation that's taking place because you haven't allowed Him to begin to shape you. And so there is a moment where you go, well, I'm not Lord of my life, you're Lord, therefore shape me. And, and so as a disciple, I think we want those quantifiable metrics, right? The issue is that maturity as a believer is becoming like Jesus. That's maturity. So how do you quantify that? Well, you can't. You can't. You can't quantify Maturity as a believer. We have to create for ourselves some new measures of maturity that actually help us. Otherwise, we will continue to uh, construct a performance-oriented approach to our, our maturity as disciples because performance is quantifiable. So when I go and run, I can be like, my performance was this, it was, it was, I ran this quick for this long, this amount of elevation, and then I'm measuring a performance. But when, when, when I'm looking for a, a qualifiable journey, when I'm trying to mature, it's far more difficult. And we have to make sure we don't keep slipping into this, this place where we're trying to measure our maturity by these quantifiable bits of data. You see... Scripture is actually really clear about the process of maturity. Both Paul and Peter and the author of Hebrews all tell us this same idea. Grow up into Christ. Grow up. You know, it's, I think I've told you this before. My 21st birthday card, my mum wrote, here's some truths of life. Number one, life's not fair. She could have put in there, number one, Nate, grow up. There is a point at which we need to shift from childishness to adulthood. Like we should have faith like a child because it's simple and, and, and beautiful, but we should not remain childish. Childlike and childish are two very different things in the kingdom of God. Okay, childish doesn't want to take responsibility for anything. Childish doesn't want to take responsibility for your joy, your peace. And you give responsibility to someone else, like you did when you were a child, and responsibility for your food came from your parent, and you haven't learned that responsibility for nourishing yourself is now in your hands. Here's some scriptures. I'm just going to go with nice and quick. Here we go. This is this, the couple of scriptures that, that, that encourage us that progress should be pursued. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Ephesians 4, 13 to 15. Well, that was actually, that's our, that's our, that's our uh, serious scripture. We won't go over that. But it's essentially, grow up into Christ. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babes when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. All right, well, uh, Hebrews 6.1 says this. 
So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Surely we don't need to go back there. Now, if you're a new believer or a visitor in this house, I want to say something. You are absolutely, you have so much permission to be early in your faith. We were all early in our faith. Okay, please don't hear this as, oh my goodness, I'm not allowed to be early in my faith. No, 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 you're allowed to be early in your faith. But even early in your faith, I want to encourage you to have a desire to mature. Now, if you're not early in your faith, which I believe is the majority of of our congregation, then this is absolutely for you. Come on, let's, let's not have to keep going back to the, the place of repentance. That should be an underlying uh, process that we're just, this is just how we function. This is, this, is, this is built into us by now. This has gone beyond a foundation. This is framework in our lives. We come to Christ, we acknowledge our sin. It happens, he's already forgiven us. It's great, repentance allows us to change our mind and, and come back into this beautiful trajectory according to his spirit. Let's not, let's not have to go back to that place. Or putting our faith in God. Let's, he, the, the author of Hebrews would say, come on, these are base level. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says this, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. Here's the permission to be, to be a new believer. Absolute permission to be new in your faith. You, you crave pure spiritual milk. It's okay. So that, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment, like desire to grow. Now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Love that. It's His kindness that leads us to repentance. Hebrews 5.12 says this, You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Ouch. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Let's, let's just make a decision right now to let's not be the Hebrew church. Amen? All right? Because I don't love reading those scriptures and feeling like they could potentially be directed at me uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, just reminding me that, oh, Nate, you should probably be a little further along by now. Um, the very nature of discipleship, right? We, we did this whole season one of Mark where the underlying theme was, are you the crowd or are you a disciple? The very nature of being a disciple and not just part of the crowd is that you actually make a decision to be positioned and submitted to the process of becoming like Jesus. You could say like this, progressing to be like Jesus. The thing with, the thing with running that I've learned about running metrics and here I am talking about 22Ks, and Brody's over here, he's run 100, what a boss. Um, but if you're not progressing in running, right, like I can, I can graph this. In fact, my apps graph it for me, uh, which is great. So in the build-up, in my training plan, we were building up, I was doing great, graph's heading in this way. Rachel and I got sick, um, and, and, and I, took, I took like a week and a half off running. And in that space of time, the graph has immediately changed direction, and, and, and now I'm losing fitness. It's very, very discouraging, to be honest. Um, but there's very little, there's a very, very minute space of time between progression and regression. We like to think that, that there's this vastly extended period of time where we remain the same. That's actually really not the case in just about any facet of life. In just about any facet of life, we are either progressing or really we are 
regressing. The, the lie of stationary is a very powerful thing of the enemy. Where he convinces us that, oh, that's cool. Just, you know what he'll do? He'll take that scripture out of Ephesians 6. Which is, Stand firm. I'm just standing firm. I'm just staying. That's, that's really good for a very small season of spiritual attack. But outside of that context, if you are remaining stagnant, you're really regressing. You see, if we're not pursuing progression, the best we have is spiritual stagnation. And potentially we have regression. Paul speaks into this in Galatians. He says, he says to them, How, why so quickly, why so quickly have you turned away from what you first believed? Galatians 3, it says this, it says, what you started in the spirit, why are you now trying to continue it in the flesh? Why have you, why have you, why have you gone back? Why have you regressed in your belief system? That was the old performance mindset. You were trying to do it all in the fresh flesh. You were trying to perform. You were trying to do it all in your own strength and ability and knowledge and power, right? And Paul's like, no, no, well, why are you going back so quickly? In Hebrews in 2 verse 1, it says, don't drift. Don't drift. Listen carefully, truth here. We may drift away from it. Avoid that. There is there's this clear net thing in Scripture that we are either moving forwards towards maturity, or really, at best, we're, we're stagnating, and, and because we're still aging and we're still going through life, stagnation is kind of relative regression. But let's be honest for a second, though. Progression is not something that we always desire. Can we be honest? Like, I don't always like going on a training run. Sometimes I want to sit on the couch and eat Doritos. I do. I want to, I want to, I want to binge eat an entire bag of sour bears, and they're good. And Pastor Darren knows, because sometimes I'll buy them just for my office, and I'll eat them. Over, over just one very short period of time. So let's, let's not take on a condemnation that's not here. Okay, let's, let's not get down on ourselves because we are still human and we still have these, these desires in us and the truth is that we don't always feel like progressing. Acknowledgement is so powerful. To be able to say that to God to be able to acknowledge that about ourselves, and think, oh God, I don't always feel like maturing. Because maturity is not actually easy. Right? Growing up is actually, like it's difficult. It's, it's hard work. Like taking responsibility for my joy, when, when, when I want to blame other people for why I'm feeling like I'm feeling. Or taking responsibility for my peace, when all around me there's chaos and I feel like I have every right to remain in a state of whatever. It's one of the reasons why it's so powerful to be in community. Because it's in community that we get reminded of the value of maturity. Right? When we look and we're surrounded by some of, some of our, our mature believers. You know, I don't know if you spend much time with some of our older demographic but man, they encourage me to, to keep going, to press on. You know what? The, the way in which they walk through things, it's like, 
You had such peace. Is that my, is that my keys? Wow, okay, we need, we need to move on. All right. We're getting the temple space. We're, we're encouraged. We're in the table spaces. And we're encouraged by someone else's pursuit. We open up scripture and we read just some of those scriptures that remind us of the value of maturing as believers. The truth is that growing up is actually really valuable. I'd say it's critical, actually, in our pursuit of relationship with Jesus and being a disciple. I want to do a quick demo. Can I do a quick, quick demonstration? Can I get, where's, where's Tim? Can I get you? Where did, uh, uh, did a meal just disappear somewhere? Child, child situation. All right, Benny, can I get you for a second? Fantastic. All right. All right, you can, you can represent the world. So put, put that over yourself. And can you go and stand down near the drum kit? Fantastic. You can kind of like hold it around your waist. All right. You, can, you just need to hang to one side just over there for a second. You're going you're gonna to come in as a late entry to the scene. All right. So this, this is why progression is not easy. Right? Because, because we actually exist in a world that we are, we are baptized, if you will, we're immersed in a culture that tries to actually pull us towards it. And so even if, we're just, even if we're just trying to lean against that, there is resistance. Even if we're just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm literally, I'm just trying to stand firm, right? Because that's what we see in Scripture. I'm just trying to stand firm and I'm getting pulled back, okay? We're, we're constantly in this, in this attempt to pull against the culture that we still live within. And until we reach heaven, this is going to be a, a reality. And the moment we stop moving forwards like this, who's waiting for it to snap? <laughs> the moment we, we stop, it's almost harder because we feel the pullback even more. And, and can we come this way? Because I can't read my notes from over here. <laughs> there we go, there we go. And I want to I wanna remind you of some of the things that are pulling against you. Some of the cultures of this world that actually we are trying to, to move against. Relativism, where truth is relative. That's not in Scripture, guys. What's in Scripture is that there is an ultimate truth. And it's the Word of God. It's, it's, it's what God says. That's what's true. And I'm, I will hands down say that I don't always feel that. I don't always feel like it's true, but that doesn't mean it's not. I might feel within myself something completely different. Doesn't mean that Scripture is not true. Cancel culture, it's not in Scripture. That is not a culture of the kingdom of heaven. We don't cancel people. We give them grace. We forgive. Love covers a multitude of sins. Just self. Let's just go with self. Whether you're talking I'm self-made, I'm self-satisfied. I'm self-focused. Worldly culture pushes self. Scripture pushes it's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. Materialism, status, fame, notoriety. How about a temporal focus? How about just being focused on the here and now? What about emotionalism? where I just go with whatever I feel. 
These are the cultures that are pulling against us. And it's hard. It's hard, right? And one of the ones that pulls directly against us, I don't know if you've noticed this these days, but there is an idolization of youth. It's one of the reasons why we titled this series Forever Young. Because there is a, there is a culture in the world that drives this idea that is absolutely contrary to grow up into Christ. There is a culture that says, stay young, stay carefree, don't take on responsibility, that's hard. Don't, don't, don't worry about that, just, just try to avoid any sense of responsibility. Don't make decisions, don't, don't like avoid commitment. Avoid the pain of growth. If anything's painful, just back out. Oh, be careful. God used one of the greatest, most painful moments to bring about salvation. We have got to make sure we have a doctrine embedded in our belief system that allows for the use of pain and suffering by good God in our lives to bring about transformation and His purpose. He will not hurt you in any way, shape, or form. The only presence of pain and suffering in our world is the result of sin. But God is bigger, so much bigger. He is able to use every single situation and purpose for our good. Do not discount the pain in your life and what God is actually able to do with it. It absolutely hurts. I will never say that. It won't. But He is bigger and He is better and He is greater and He is at work in the midst of it. You know what? You know what Forever Young doesn't celebrate? It doesn't celebrate wisdom. It doesn't celebrate experience. It doesn't celebrate commitment. It doesn't celebrate learning how to manage responsibility and carry the weight of leading change or carry the weight of responsibility in life. It doesn't celebrate those things. It actually says, hey, try to avoid them. Life's better if you avoid all that. It might feel like that, but your influence will be incredibly diminished. And we as a people of God are called to be influencers for His kingdom of God. We cannot avoid needing to grow up and learning how to carry the weight of some of these things. And so we're constantly pulling against this. This resistance, this tide, this reality. But one of the most amazing things is that we don't have to do it on our own. In fact, as we try to do it on our own, we get tired and we don't succeed. So God gave us His Holy Spirit, which I thought Ben would be grateful, right? So the Holy Spirit comes in, comes in, and he actually, he actually walks beside us, and He actually helps us be able to pull, be able to move forward. We don't mature. We don't mature. Thanks, Ben. We don't mature. Thanks, Tim. We don't, we don't mature because we try to. We don't mature because we take the responsibility, oh, I'm going to mature. We actually, take, we actually mature by acknowledging that we need the Spirit to do it. We actually mature by surrendering and listening and letting, which is really difficult because they're not quantifiable. So what does it actually mean to mature? Can I bust some myths in like, I'm over time slightly, but can I bust some myths for a second? Maturity is not measured by attendance statistics. However, Scripture tells us that zeal for his house consumed him. So that as we mature, there should be a passion for the house of God that grows in us. But we don't measure our maturity by how often we're here. That is a subtle difference but it's a very important difference. 
It's not measured by your scripture statistics, how many reading plans you've done, how many times you've read the whole Bible in a year. But scripture is our daily bread. Scripture is how he speaks to us, how he guides us, how he encourages us. It's not about more knowledge. It's not about pursuing academic awareness, learning languages, the scriptures. That's not a measure of maturity. Although a depth of understanding can bring incredible revelation. It's really an application of that revelation that leads to transformation. And if you're looking for, for, for certificates to chalk up maturity, then really you're like Paul who needed letters from the elders. It's not about time or amount of prayer. Oh, pray for five hours today. You know what? I haven't missed a day in prayer in five years. Because what we see in Jesus is a growing intimacy with the Father. What we see is honesty and authenticity with the Father. Connection with Him is what He pursued. Receiving from Him is what he pursued. It wasn't about the time. And so really, if our measure of maturity is, is Jesus, then we have got to somehow create some qualifiable markers that give us some scope of the spaces in our life that we should be attempting to grow. So things like the fruit of the Spirit, Amazing marker for maturity. How, how are you growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control? What about love? Just love for people in general. What about loving your enemies? How's that, how's that going? I'm not doing real well. What about faith, trust, and resulting obedience? Because Jesus was obedient unto the cross. It's very quiet today, guys. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy this, but in some way I know it's, it's so what I need. What about compassion towards people? Like, I'll be honest, I can be pretty judgmental. I'm pretty idealistic. And that leads to, to, to judgmentalism. I need, I need Jesus to help me be compassionate, to be gracious. That's a journey of maturity. Jesus was filled with compassion. What about our growing perspective on pain and how we handle it as believers? What about a balance of humility and confidence? Because Christ was full of both. What about our level of discernment generosity, eternal mindedness, having our thoughts fixed on heaven. I mean, that's just, that's just some things that I come up with when I look at Jesus. And there's more. There's, there's truly, there's more. But over the next few weeks, our team is going to pull one or two of those and unpack them a little bit more so that we can start to craft some, some, some direction, some areas that we feel like the Spirit is saying, that one. And I believe that's what he'll do. He'll highlight. He'll say, that one. That one. And it won't, be, it won't be something that we try to quantify. It won't be like, I'm not going to miss another service this year. 
If that's what's going through your mind, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I don't like being in church. It's boring. Can you give me a, a zeal for your house like Jesus had? Give me a passion for the house of God again. That is a greater measure of maturity. Can I tell you why? Because that's honesty before God. That is authenticity before God. That is being real with your Father in heaven. He knows anyway. And He loves you. You don't have to hide anything. Because nothing's hidden. It's only you that thinks you're hiding it from Him. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au. 